0: Thank you for your practice, it was very nice to sit with you, even though in this YouTube format um, we're not able to see each other um, visually, I can't see you, Um, I can feel you. This is a poem by William Stafford. Some of you may be familiar with um, William Stafford. He, I first, I first became aware of him, I think it was on a PBS, this is many years ago, on a PBS special. I think it was Bill Moyers. There was a poetry series that he did on public television and Bill Moyers interviewed different poets. And and this was even before I had encountered meditation practice or anything. But there was something about William Stafford that was like a a kind of a spiritual guide or spiritual being. Um, He famously said, so he he was a pacifist and he was a poet of the Pacific Northwest. And he famously said that um, he wrote a poem every day. You know, part of his practice was to wake up very, very early in the morning, before 4 a.m. or something, and lay on his sofa and start writing. And then he was asked, um, "What if, uh, what if, what if the words you're writing aren't?" particularly any good at, you know one day and he said oh i just lower my standards <laughs> and i think there's something um, maybe we could say similar to cultivating a regular meditation practice um once we've been sitting for a little while. Well, we're, not, we're not that concerned about one particular sitting and the experience of that sitting. Sometimes we'll be calm. Sometimes we'll be activated, or agitated. Sometimes the sitting will be pleasant and peaceful and blissful. And sometimes it will be painful sometimes it will be challenging in all sorts of ways but if we don't have some external standard if this is what it's supposed to be um, we can remember that it's not about what we're experiencing in meditation but it's about that we're willing to return we're willing to look we're willing to keep coming back so i feel that like That's a little bit of what this poem is about. It's called, You Reading This, Be Ready. Maybe we could say, You Hearing This, Be Ready. Starting here, what do you want to remember? How sunlight creeps along a shining floor? What scent of old wood hovers? What softened sound from outside fills the air? Will you ever bring a better gift for the world than the breathing respect that you carry wherever you go right now? Are you waiting for time to show you some better thoughts? When you turn around, starting here, lift this new glimpse that you found. Carry into evening all that you want from this day. This interval you spent reading or hearing this, keep it for life. What can anyone give you greater than now, starting here, right in this room, when you turn around? What can anyone give you greater than now, starting here, right in this room when you turn around. So I appreciate this um, invitation to turn around, to be ready, to appreciate what we have here. We're usually, we're always looking, we're looking ahead, we're looking you know, over there. And um, I think meditation practice is a, in some way a, holds up a mirror to ourselves, holds up a mirror to our heart, to our mind, to see what's there, to see What are the energies? What are the habits? What are the conditionings that can be softened? Um, So, this idea of mindfulness as a readiness um, is one of the ways that sometimes mindfulness is characterized. And um, early in my practice, I remember hearing a teaching um, that was about mindfulness as ready ready to do and ready to not do, (laughs) ready to do and ready to not do. Ready to act, ready to um, offer what's needed, and ready to just be, ready to rest, ready to receive. So, you know, in a way, I think about these as two sides of practice. And, um, I think often in our, Teaching about meditation practice, we give a lot of emphasis to the receptive side, the kind of accepting, accepting things as they are, receiving, resting, being. And it's important. And I think the reason um, we emphasize this is because our conditioning is so much. on the side of of doing and fixing and improving and you know so to offer offer this other more receptive side as a balance I, it makes a lot of sense to me um, I, I appreciate that reminder um, and I wanted to um, also offer that. There is a side of practice or an element of practice that involves a tremendous amount of agency, of empowerment. Um, I think one of the ways that we suffer, we can suffer, and certainly in in times like these, when there's uh, a health pandemic, when there's political unrest, uncertainty, um, there can be feelings of disempowerment or feelings of helplessness. You know, and this is one of the hallmarks of trauma: is that trauma is, um, engenders a kind of helplessness and. So what I would like to suggest is that our dharma practice, our mindfulness practice, is one way of reclaiming agency, of reclaiming responsibility, of one way of um, taking power, in a way, of not being a victim to circumstances. Um, I think maybe, if we have have not really encountered a practice like this and we begin practicing, we may um, maybe not so explicitly, but we may have the idea of that yes, there's suffering in my life, yes, I'm suffering, and maybe there's some small percentage of, of my suffering that that's, has its source in me that I, I can kind of be responsible for. But there's a lot of suffering that I have that's caused by you, <laughs> the world, other people, circumstances, right? You know? And so, What I would like to suggest is that as we practice more and more, as as mindfulness practice, as Dharma practice deepens as it matures, there's more and more of our our own difficulties, of our own suffering um, that we're willing to take responsibility for, that we're willing to see, I can do something about this. I have some agency here. And so this piece of of our suffering that we have agency over, that we take responsibility for, begins to grow and grow and grow. And um, this is radical. This is radical in saying that we have a lot more power over how we, are how we live, how how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive our life. We have a lot more um, agency than we ever imagined, and so so there's a way that we start to take more responsibility for our own hearts, our own mind, and you know, in the word responsibility is this root of to respond. What is it to respond? And so we start to see that we have the capacity to respond. We have the capacity to meet all of what's here um, and see that a lot of our suffering is dependent on us actually, on how we are and how we look. Um, And this is not in any way to say that there isn't unfairness in the world, that there isn't injustice, um, but it's actually reclaiming our own power and it's, it's reclaiming our own capacity to um, over our hearts and, and minds, that we're not victims, we're not at the mercy of circumstances. So that's, I think, the radical, the radical invitation and the radical promise of practice. And so what does it mean to do this? Um, when the world is... Um, a mess, you know, I come back to one of my Zen teachers' um, primary instructions, which is uh, to make your bed. Um, How could making my bed have anything to do with the suffering that I have, the suffering of others, the suffering in the world? Um, what I appreciate about this teaching is that it shifts the focus from something that's out there, that's, um, amorphous, that's abstract, that's out of our control to what's in our control and our immediate environment are the, the small details of our life are, um, or something we can do something about, right? You know, we have some agency over this. And there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an important part of practice which, which comes about when we begin to see that there are no small meaningless details in our life. You know, it's kind of like this insight that everything matters. Everything is valuable. Um, in the Japanese and tradition, they, I'm forgetting the Japanese phrase, mitsu no kafu or something, but it's, it's translated as small, or wait, no. attention to the small details of life is the family way. Attention to the small details of life is the family way. You know, I think it's easy, maybe especially among Westerners, to be so, you know, we're so captivated by our ideas, our great thoughts that we're thinking, and and the way we divide up life, we divide up the world between what's important and what's not important. You know, who's the important, who are the important people and who are the not important people, right? Um, and this is, a, this is a challenge of that. And it's the saying that part of the insight of practice comes from, um, it's almost like a vision of equality. We, we could say this is one of the qualities of equanimity. This balanced mind is the insight into the, equal, the equality of things, that, that who we are, that what the Dharma is, is expressed in the smallest things as well as in the biggest things. And we may not have control over the biggest things, but um, we can make a big impact in, in how we are and how we care for our life In all the little details, all the nooks and crannies, you know, I have this this vision of practice as this great light that's allowed to kind of flow and touch and um, illuminate all of the hidden corners of our life, all of the hidden corners of our mind. Um, And, you know, so this is kind of like making your bed, and it's not because some, you know, there's some super important eternal truth that's only expressed when we make our bed. But it's that we become the kind of person who takes care of the details, who who does things um, that no one will ever see, no one will ever know. Um, one of the things I love doing before I go to bed is just checking on my children in the room. And sometimes I'll, you know, if it's a cold night, I'll fix the blanket, right? You know, if the blanket's been kicked off, or maybe I'll straighten them out if they're about to fall over or something. And um, even if they open their eyes and they, they kind of, seems like they see me, Um, The next day, they don't remember it. They don't know. Um, But it's this, you know, it's it's just, it's love, this kind of um, looking after them in this very um, small way, you know, this kind of hidden way. Um, So what are the ways that for us we can Yeah, reclaim agency in our life, in our practice. Um, And so this kind of teaching, this metaphor, literal and metaphoric of making our beds is one way, taking care of our immediate life. And then to see that when we have this idea of making our bed, our bed includes the whole world. Our bed includes others. Our bed includes our community, our neighborhood, our country, our world, includes our relationships, you know. So if practice is about um, looking at ourselves, you know, and taking more uh, responsibility, being able to respond more and more to our own difficulties, our own suffering. Um, we don't just stop with the bed, you know, a literal bed. We don't just stop with the. It's important. It's important to, to have this. Uh, um, sense of self-care, self-regulation in our immediate life. And then the more we open, the more we settle, the more awareness is allowed to meet everything that's all the nooks and crannies of our heart, our mind, Um, more and more is included into this um, sphere of concern field of concern, field of love, field of responsibility. Um, One of the, oh, I think I'm supposed to take questions now. If you have a question, you're invited to type it into the chat and I'll be able to see it. Um, but one of the um, one of the ways that the kind of classical examples of how we can take more agency and more responsibility through our practice is um, through the letting go that comes from forgiveness. You know, it's often been remarked that um, to forgive is is a kind of letting go, and it's not about the other person or people or what has happened, and. It's not about saying that's fine, it's all right. It has the, it's this inner this inner release uh, and this, this inner healing that can come when our heart is freed from the other, is, is freed from that some old story. So there's just one example of taking agency for our own suffering. gonna um, take a look now, see what's... So I'm not seeing uh, so many questions. Nice to see... Um, Nice to see participants from Oregon, from Israel, from Washington, Michigan, San Francisco. Um, wonderful, yeah. One of the great blessings of this uh, of this format is that it's bringing us together. You know, bringing us together, all these different places. Uh, So maybe I'm aware of the time and maybe I'll just conclude by sharing this poem again. This is William Stafford, you reading this, be ready. Starting here, what do you want to remember? How sunlight creeps along a shining floor What scent of old wood hovers? What softened sound from outside fills the air? Will you ever bring a better gift for the world than the breathing respect that you carry wherever you go right now? Are you waiting for time to show you some better thoughts? When you turn around, Starting here, lift this new glimpse that you found. Carry into evening all that you want from this day. This interval you spent reading or hearing this, keep it for life. What can anyone give you greater than now? Starting here, right in this room when you turn around. to be ready to turn around, to be here. I love this line. Are you waiting for time to show you some better thoughts? Are we waiting for some better moment? How often have we been so willing to sacrifice this moment for some imagined better moment. Um, there's a great story of in uh, in the middle of an intensive meditation retreat, Suzuki Roshi talking into the silent meditation hall. You know, and everyone is sitting very still and most likely in some kind of physical and mental anguish, you know, in the middle of an intensive retreat. And, and Suzuki Roshi says, it doesn't get better later. (laughs) (sighs) So if it doesn't get better later, Maybe I can let go, maybe I can let go of those fantasies and return and be here fully and reclaim the power, the agency, the beauty that comes with responding in this moment, being awake in this moment. This is the moment. This is the moment that we can meet. This is the moment that, where we can be free. So with that, I thank you very much. Thank you for this time of practicing together. And